0: evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris and I'm Simon Sandspring.
1: Good evening Simon and uh, another show, gotta love the title of today, Voy Racers, you deserve credit for that one.
0: I would if I was the one that invented it. Oh, you stole I d- it! I did steal it. Um, it, I think it. I'm well. I've either stolen it directly or extrapolated it from the conversation that took place during the council chamber. You will, you will hear. Um, ever a man for his puns, uh, Councillor Lee Hunt, um, referring to whipping voice. Ah. Um, oh. Um, so that's where, but I, I think, yeah, it get. It, I think it does get mentioned later on. So, um, yes, I would take the credit if it was mine. It isn't. So I won't, I'm not that kind of person.
1: Yeah. Excellent. But what we have got is we have, we've gone even further on the digital age, haven't we? We are now website-tastic.
0: Um, yeah, it's almost like we've entered 1990. Um, so yeah, forgive the, forgive the, um, the probably rather lame design to anyone who knows what they're doing. I didn't. So, um, But yeah, um, we do now indeed have a website, um, um, which is um, pp, as in the letters pp, so pppodcast.uk. So uh, by all means do go have a butcher's at our website, Um, but don't forget to like, follow and subscribe us wherever you're watching us. If you're watching us from the live stream or the recorded show in YouTube please do keep the, click the subscribe button in the bottom right-hand corner. And if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, please uh, do like and follow the page, um, just so you can make sure you're kept up to date with what's going on. Um, but if you want to hear more about us, then you can even sign up for an email, which is something else that we're trying to do. So.
1: Yeah, we've we've gone for a mailing list as well now. So I think merchandise will come next. That's got to be our twenty. 20- that's the that's the we, yeah. We need Pompey Politics podcast mugs. I th- well, some say that's you and me, mate. But um, but uh, <laughs> this is yeah, true. yeah, yeah. But they, that would be very harsh.
0: That that's true. Um, although unfortunately we would not be able to provide them free to our guests like some shows do. We 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 just quite simply don't have the budget for that, old man.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I think. Uh, I, I think the Portsmouth Independent Party have their uh, have their own line in mugs. I, I notice there's never been a couple coming our way, so um, yeah, we might have to uh, we might have to have a little chat with George. But um, aside from our self-referential moments, there um, obviously we had George on last week, who gave us a, an excellent insight into the work of the uh, Portsmouth Independents and their motions that were going to full council. And um, I guess the big news was around their. The desire of the Portsmouth Independents to kill off the Voy trial, and uh, and, and took fairly sternly against the whole um, e-scooter trial.
0: Um, yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, their their motion calls for the called for the council to uh, to kill the trial entirely. I mean, the, the trial, but as we talked about last week, has been going for about eighteen months, two years. It's part of a government-led trial to understand what uh, what the requirements would be for um, e-scooters and how to legislate in order to make them safe. Um, so it does make it, I guess that makes Portsmouth guinea pigs of a sort or electrically powered guinea pigs.
1: Yeah, there's something more sinister about that than I care to think about. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, uh, and I, I think it speaks to the heart of the discussion, which is that, you know, Portsmouth is almost the ideal city for the trial because you know we are so densely populated and it is difficult to to separate you know active travel and cars but then i guess the flip side to that is obviously the more you mix e-scooters and motor vehicles or e-scooters and pedestrians because of the densely packed nature of portsmouth the uh, the more of a challenge that becomes Um, Yeah, you're
0: absolutely right. You would think that um, somewhere flat, somewhere quite dense, um, we're not saying the population are dense, we're saying we're densely populated, Um, somewhere like that would be a a great place uh, to do it. And indeed, they're certainly certainly popular amongst the people that use them. I think the 64 million dollar question is... How popular are they amongst the people that
1: don't? Mm, and this is, I, I think, where we get to the the heart of the discussion, which is that, and I think it's touched on in the debate, which you've got some excellent clips for, about the fact that some people, the people that use them like them and the people that don't, don't like them. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, we shall weave our way through it. Um, I think you've got to, couple of clips from our Portsmouth Independent Chums that kind of frame their thinking just to get us started.
0: Um yeah, so yeah, let's let's listen to their kind of opening um, of it. So the motion was uh, proposed by uh, Councillor George Madgwick and by Councillor Russell Simpson. So um, let's listen into to kind of um, some clips of their this isn't the the arguments in full but this is the clips of um, of their opening. Um, on Tuesday's full council.
2: Unfortunately a teenager in my ward passed away um, whilst being on an e-scooter and obviously that really highlighted my attention to e-scooters and to learn a bit more about it. I think the facts are clear. The people of Portsmouth think that this is a negative scheme. It's not as environmentally friendly as it's led to believe. Um, I'm not necessarily against e-scooters in principle but our road infrastructure isn't suitable,
3: um, the training isn't suitable, and in my opinion, currently they don't work and they're not fit for purpose. How's the Simpson. I'm not necessarily against e-scooters. I just feel that there's many parts of Portsmouth which doesn't support it. Um, in my opinion, we barely have enough safe cycle lanes <laughs> talking about having lanes for uh, scooters uh, to get a general feel of how they feel having new scooter rack and a massive 80% were not in favor of the e-scooters. Even one young teenager had said to me his young sister was nearly knocked down by an e-scooter that was on the pavement. Last week, I spoke to one of the Hilsey Line Rangers whose arm was in a bandage. He told me he was knocked down by an e-scooter that was on the pavement along Copnor Road turning into Perone Road. Even on the way in this afternoon, I did encounter a near-miss scooter cyclist riding into the new road layout at Rudmore Roundabout. You know, these scooters aren't insured, and... and I know that's always debate with cyclists but when you're knocking people down and injuring them a lot of emails since with videos and photos of many scooters on pavements um, obviously even without um, helmets as well but also in some cases I've seen adults with children on the mounting two on one and it's just real concern that we can push this through without really looking at the whole scheme as a whole also, maybe considering the difference between the infrastructure layout performance between the south of Portsmouth and the north of Portsmouth. Call upon Councillor Lee Hunt. Now this-
0: so I was just going to pause that there. I thought we'll, um, we'll kind of talk through that before we get on to Councillor Lee Hunt. Yeah.
1: Yes, and, and and very interesting there in terms of the kind of framing of the di- of the discussion. You know, Councillor Madrick at the start there said, you know, he's not against e-scooters in principle, um, and I think it's important for us to to be very clear. I think about you know the fact that we we've got effectively we've got two camps, haven't we? We've got two different flavours of e-scooter. Um, And the motion seeks to end the VOI trial. Now, the VOI trial is, you know, it's government sort of sponsored or led or however you want to describe it. Now, interestingly, the VOI scooters are insured. And, you know, a lot of the the issues that Councillor Madrick and Councillor Simpson were talking about were the issues caused by the people who are riding e-scooters. In an illegal fashion, because you know, just to be very clear, the voice scooter, I believe, can be ridden on the road, can't be ridden on the pavement, and a privately owned e scooter can't actually be ridden anywhere on either the public footpath or the public highway. Um, so, again, if you're seeing two people on an e scooter, or a child on an e scooter, or an e scooter bombing along the pavement, they're all people who are you know whether whether they're private hire whether they're privately owned or the voice scooters they're not being ridden in compliance with the law no and i and i think that's um
0: i mean that's a key distinction um to understand i guess from a visibility perspective people um people unhappy with how e-scooters are being ridden um or used um sure there'll be people that are unhappy with them outright and just want them to be stopped and banned entirely to kind of if you like to to put them back in the box um, quite literally and send them back to amazon or halfords or other retailers are available um but that's the that's the thing and the council has come to uh, come to this in a, in a moment is is kind of the question of but, but this motion doesn't seek to do that it just seeks to stop The council-led scheme, the voice scooters, uh, rather than do anything about the privately owned ones which, let's be honest, are the vast majority.
1: Yes, and I think it it, it is that there there is almost a slight absurdity, isn't there, in terms of, you know, we've got a, we've got an electric, you know, we've had electric vehicles before Um, and again I, I cast my mind back to, I'm guessing it was the early 90s and the Sinclair C five. I don't know whether you do you remember the device.
0: I do, I do that thing that had yeah. a washing machine engine in it, um, and um, was very, very low to the ground, so needed um, specialist um, flags put on the top of it to stop lorry drivers basically just pancaking you off the road, well into the into the tarmac. Um, so, uh, as um, as so often, to be fair, with Sir Clive Sinclair. He came up with ideas first, but someone else implemented them. Well, indeed, them better, and know. and
1: so that you know the the dilemma has been about for a while, and I think you know as we as we look into this, it, it it's going to be very interesting to see which which way this discussion goes, because there is almost an element of you know it feels a little bit like it, we this this motion might risk uh, throwing the baby out and keeping the bathwater. You Know the void scooters are do have at least an element of control, whereas the the you know the unlicensed and the 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 illegal scooters uh, have no control at all. So, so we see whether I'm sure Lee Hunter's got something robust to say on the uh on the whole arrangement, particularly if he was the person who came up with the void racer pump. In-
0: um, well, let's um, let's just see how that um, whether that turns out to be a clear prediction. Um, here we go with Councillor Lee Hunt.
3: The Councillor Simpson, and what he talked about was mostly the unlawful, <coughs> unregulated, and uninsured vehicles that go whizzing about. Them. The lawful, regulated scheme is being uh, used as a whipping voy. There we go. Heaped upon it, all the annoyance with the e-scooters generally. We can chuck the voice scheme out if everybody wants.
2: It won't change a damn thing. And now, Councillor Vernon Jackson. It's not the
4: scooters that are dangerous. It's the people who ride them. Let's be frank. There are some motorists who drive, drive dangerously. There are also some cyclists who ride dangerously. There are even some pedestrians who walk dangerously into the middle of the road. Um, but the effect upon this, uh, if we pass this motion today, is that we would remove the legal uh, electric cycles with lights on, indicators, and with reg numbers, and it would leave the illegal ones completely untouched. And I think they're really dangerous. I would go down Fratton Road with an illegal um, scooter beside me, uh, 8 o'clock at night, two kids on it, no lights, nothing. Um, Enormously dangerous. But this motion does nothing about that. It's not interested in that. I think the issue here is about the lack of police enforcement. My understanding is in Cambridgeshire, in Bedfordshire, in North Yorkshire uh, and in Bristol, the police have got a programme of confiscating the illegal ones. And in some places they've almost disappeared. The question we have to ask, and luckily the the assistant police commissioner is here to be able to answer, is why are in Hampshire the police not doing that? Because it's the illegal ones that I think cause the most problem. And my disappointment with this motion is he doesn't mention them.
2: I now call Councillor Heaney.
5: I've changed my mind. I think the scooters have been an important way of changing uh, the way we move around the city and have been a valuable way uh, for many people. And unfortunately, the implementation of the trial has almost given a green light for people who think now, despite the law, despite what people are told, that it is perfectly okay to take privately bought e-scooters onto the road and ride them around just like anybody else. And I have to say, I think retailers do have some responsibility here because I've been to Halfords and gone and had a look and they have that little sign saying they're not used on the road but they still sell them. Now, in what other circumstance would we allow uh, some sort of implement vehicle to be sold for use when it was illegal on the highway? The government have already indicated that they are likely to legislate to allow for e-scooters. They've already given a fairly strong indication they want to create a new category of vehicles that will be uh, allowed in a sense I think this motion really misses an important point or an important trick really because what we should be doing is having a motion which sets down some clear standards that we would like to see if these things are eventually brought into being as legal vehicles we deal with the insurance issues. Who deals with the insurance issues? The age limit for riding them, for example. But I think this motion would have been a real opportunity to do that. and I think it misses the point. I think Councillor Vernon Jackson is also right. Is If we were to stop the trial tomorrow, it wouldn't stop e-scooters riding around the city. We would still have them. And Councillor Hunt raised a very important point is that the police are not enforcing the law here in Portsmouth I'm not quite clear why because they do do it elsewhere I recognise that the use of e-scooters is not the most serious crime issue that the police have to deal with I fully recognise that but a bit of high-profile activity around that would certainly send the message going to the schools the secondary schools and giving the message out to kids that actually you shouldn't be riding these I happened to pick up on the news actually from the 24th of April 2022 and they were reporting that there had been eight pedestrian Fatalities and accidents in Portsmouth between June 2021 and April 2022. That is a serious matter. Um, clearly, the voice scooters and the e scooters are not at that level. Um, so I think the idea that we should ban things just because of accidents, we'd be banning cars if we did that. Because if you look at the accidents on cars, they're much, much more serious but we don't bank cars because we, we, we recognise that we have to try and do other things. There is no real purpose to ending the trial because it will not solve the problem that people are uh, trying to address. Uh, Councillor Weems.
6: There are a lot of people using them terribly. I've seen it, I think everyone has. And, but there are a lot of people who use them well. Instead of just saying no, I would put forward a few measures and ways that we could actually make it better before we just turn around and uh, get rid of the scheme. Um, when I went to Budapest for my birthday in February, they, they have the scheme there, and they do several things. That, I don't know if we do it, but we, we possibly do. They have a speed limiter on the app where you can't go over a certain speed until you've kind of proven your track record of being safe. In, in Budapest, there's a tracking system as well where if you, let's say, you whiz by a and you're doing something stupid, all you have to do is just take a quick picture. Most people have the app in there and you just quickly put the reg in and then it stops that person um, from using the e-scooter over a um, certain period of time. That could be something that void could implement. And there are a lot of other safety measures that are, are definitely something that could be put forward. I've had several residents um, email me and say they think the scheme's brilliant. They use it to get to work. They use it there's a nurse um, who I know I won't name her, but she uses the scooter to go to QA because then she doesn't have to pay for parking. I just think if we can get the education right and have that track record of actually trying to implement safety measures, then we'll get somewhere and then Councillor Stagg.
0: Okay, so I'm just gonna before we hear from Councillor Stagg, um, I'll just pause it there for a second. So yeah, so there's a there's an argument that Councillor Weems is making there about rather than outright bans Let's regulate and manage the existing scheme that we have.
1: and and I think there's there's a couple of really interesting points. So one of the things I was a bit stunned by is Councillor Vernon Jackson channeling the National Rifle Association. The guns don't kill people, people do. the scooters don't injure people, it's the riders. I thought that was a strange um strange turn of events from Councillor Vernon. jackson
0: There was something Councillor. Of yeah Councillor of picked up on that later on does it is does um, he so um <laughs> there, there was a there was a it was a trumpian thing to say yes um in in that sort of respect but but broadly the the argument kind of seems to be but we know there are people that use them well we know there are people that use them badly but there are people that use cars cycles skate skateboards well and there are those that are complete idiots and we have we have legislation and we have regulation that deals with poor manufacture or substandard manufacture we have um education and training that deals with responsible car use and we have insurance mechanisms um uh, for car use so yeah in and- that respect is are we holding e scooters to a different standard in the in the motion
1: and I, I think that's key. I, I mean, uh, Councillor Heaney, I can't believe he's a Labour councillor because he, he always seems to talk with such good sense um, and, and and it always seems balanced. And I find myself listening to him and agreeing, which is always a worry for me. But anyway, um, I think the, he makes a really great point. You know, the fact that, that major high street retailers sell these scooters with their sort of little badge that says, oh, by the way, not to be ridden, anywhere with a nod and a wink, you kind of think, well, oh, really, you know, I, 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 I do struggle with that. And, it, you know, again, it, it's that element of, uh, and the enforcement piece, I, that bit I really don't understand because I, I get that they're not, you know, I don't want police officers having to pursue them and do all that kind of nonsense. But, it, it you know, the, the, the practice already exists if you're driving your car uninsured and the police stop you then the police will send for a recovery vehicle that will take your car away and for you to recover your car you have to turn up with the appropriate insurance documents and then you have to go to the car pound and you have to pay a sum of money and it's not inconsiderable and you get your car back so there's an element of well you're not insured to ride that electric scooter on the road. So, you know, the police, it doesn't seem difficult for me for the police then to seize that as an uninsured vehicle. And all right, because you can't ride it on the road. You can't turn up with insurance. But if the cost of recovering it was placed at a similar kind of level to the cost of recovering your car, you know, 250, 300 pounds, then i bet a lot of the illegal scooters wouldn't get recovered and they would be off the they roads.
0: would i mean whether whether people would just go buy another one i don't i don't know there's there'll be a point where so I, I, I don't disagree i think i think there's an element of you need some sort of enforcement action i don't know why i mean it's it's almost weird i feel like i'm writing a daily mail headline where where it's inst- instead of
1: well, it, we yes. want the
0: police to you know instead of those kind of like instead of going after the Tofu eating, Guardian reading, woke etc. Then they should go after the menace of the of the pavements, the silent killers that are the e-scooter terrorists or something like that. Is what the Daily Mail would probably write. How am I doing? Yeah,
1: you, you, yeah, 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 yeah you, <laughs> you, you're getting there. You're getting there. Um, but but I think there's, there's an element of. Uh, we, we've heard from you know we've heard from three contributors now and and all seem to be sort of broadly agreeing and i think you know the point that uh dan weems makes which for me is you know it is about a a slightly cleverer method of enforcement isn't it, it it's the fact that you know at the moment as i understand it you rock up you scan your credit card you 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 know, or your debit card, you say, yes, I've got a license or or something similar. And then effectively you can take the scooter and hand it on to one of your children or your mate or anybody who isn't appropriate to ride it and they can go heading off into the distance. You know, the screen that Dan described, which is, you know, you you link it through the app, the app knows that it's you on it. Um, You know, for me, it's just... It's just a tighter level of control. We, we we seem to have the ability to control the void, um, but not the well, We've got the ability, but not the will to control the um, the illegal scooters. Um, no, and there's a supply.
0: You know, as we as we said, as as Councillor Heaney has said, there's a supply issue of most let's be really honest none of these people own a, a country park estate where they can uh, where they can bomb up and down them on private roads i mean i know yep. there are estates that aren't adopted roads in the city so you, um bearing in mind i live on one of them i don't want it to become a racetrack for e-scooter yeah. users thank you very much please the people of Cosham. um but um yeah what why is it It's it's almost like boots suddenly being able to sell cannabis but you can't actually use it but <laughs> you yeah. can still sell it um, I, I mean you could even you could even argue actually that um, car dealerships selling Ferraris that can do like 150 miles an hour when let's be honest most of the people that buy a Ferrari aren't going to be using them on a racetrack to be able to go to those sorts of speeds so you know again it's the there's a is the proportionate and I know liberal way to deal with this to actually legislate for it properly but that is the purpose of the trial um Mm. which is to collect the data um for the government to be able to make an informed decision which I know would be a strange thing for them um to make an informed decision um and uh, about that I thought I'd get that in because I I was surprised that um you know that you came off the fence so much about uh obviously councillor Heaney being a a Labour councillor, I thought we should, we'll at least have that. But it's, yeah, we need to move forward. There's no realistic route to them being uninvented.
1: No, no. And I think this is the, you know, this is, this, this actually kind of speaks to the heart of of some of the transport issues that there are within the city. And, and, you know, we've touched on it on this podcast before, and I'm bloody sure we'll touch on it again. We have got an island that is too full. And it's too full of cars. And ultimately, the only way to make it less full of cars is to get people onto alternative modes of transport. And, you know, again, I think that's where... These things, having now existed, um, they're not going to unexist. So, it's almost like you're you're channeling Councillor Lynn Stagg there. Uh, let's um, let's hear from Lynn. So if Lynn Stagg and I are aligned, then good lord. Oh, we, I we, know you
0: you you should probably sit we, down. We, we, um, just, before, just, just before, just before. Just just before we do that, um, just to clarify, um, to rent a Voye e-scooter, you do need to be 18 years or old, older and you do need to have at least a provisional driving license which must be scanned through the app when the rider rents their first scooter. So how people that aren't, quite clearly aren't, because I've seen people using them that quite obviously aren't um, 18 or more, um, sometimes two at a time, um, how they're managing to do it. One doesn't know. Are parents taking a snapshot of their driving license and allowing the children to update that as an image and, and upload that to the app? I don't know. Um, I don't feel it's probably a good idea for me to basically stand in front of someone bombing down the street, some two fourteen yards on a voice scooter, bombing down the street, and ask them how they've rented it. It'll, it'll probably I can predict what the response is going to be. Oh, yeah. um, but let's let's listen to listen to Councillor Stagg
7: Now, 35% of all car journeys in Portsmouth are for less than three miles. So if you can get people to use an alternative form of transport instead of their car, that would help contribute to cleaning up the atmosphere and um, uh, helping with climate change uh, to fight against it. If we are to succeed in persuading residents to use their cars less, there needs to be a variety, and I stress the word variety, of different travel options available. Whatever people may think about e-scooters, they're not going to go away. But unfortunately, and this is where the crunch comes, they don't fit into any existing transport category so that they can be regulated. That is why the government introduced trial schemes so that they can learn from all the participating trial areas what are the problems and what needs to be put in place to ensure that e scooters, their riders and the public are safe. And can I put in a few things here? There are no reports of anybody being knocked down by a VOI scooter. That doesn't mean to say it hasn't happened but nothing has been reported to VOI or or to me. so, we need to look at a number of factors. The manufacture of e scooters, the standards of the materials and their construction, the headlights, they all need to have headlights, taillights, indicators, limited maximum speed, etc. And the voice scooters have a limited maximum speed of 12.5 miles per hour. Councillor Weems and uh, over that the motor's cut out they also have a GPS system it's not as accurate as we would like theoretically we would like them to cut out when uh, if people go onto the pavements but it's not that um, fine unfortunately um, but the voice scooters do have um, all the other things We need, need to have insurance for the riders now all the voice scooters riders are insured we need um, riders to have either a driving license or a riding license or whatever a license is is applicable um, to um, riding e-scooters in order to be able to ride one. We need training for all riders and certificate to prove it's been done. We need enforcement by the police and to echo what um, Councillor um, Hunter said, we're not blaming the police as such, but again, it's the lack of money. There aren't enough police officers to do everything that's required of them. So it's not police bashing at all. So by removing the trial e-scooters would leave the privately owned and unregulated e-scooters still on our roads and pavements with no control enforcement, so it would be counterproductive and completely illogical. Councilor Madrig has um, used, as lots of people do, statistics for his own purpose. I shall use them for my purpose as well, uh, and these are factual. Okay. Um, according to the survey data, this is what people have fed back to us. Um, Over 220,000 car journeys have so far been saved by Voi e-scooter use. That's a hell of a lot of uh, uh, journeys. That equates to nearly 120 tons of CO2 greenhouse gas and 18 kilograms of PM 2.5 particulates. The Portsmouth trial has the highest rate of car replacement in the whole country. Uh, That's with the Voi scooters. We need to remember that of the users of the voice group who took the survey, 78% have been po- positive in their feedback and have been mainly younger users Whereas 75% of non-users were against them, the majority of whom were older. So this puts people into two separate categories, the younger ones who have actually used them, the older ones who haven't. So the older ones who haven't are critical, the younger ones who've used them are in favor. 82% of people who have used the scooters think they shouldn't be banned compared with 65% of older people who haven't used them. There's also evidence that the majority of those who are against them confuse the illegally ridden privately owned scooters with legal void trial scooters. Now you don't need to actually be able to catch the number, the registration number on the scooter. Can I just give this one a point? Um, the, you can phone them and the number is and I'll put this on on, um, somewhere, Um, 0800-376-8179, and tell them where you saw the person doing whatever they shouldn't be doing, and at what time, and they can trace them from the app. If they're caught, first offence is a seven-day ban, second offence is a 30-day ban, third offence is a life ban, and if they don't replace the scooters in the docking racks, they get a 25-pound fine.
3: Councillor Peter Harris.
4: I mean, over 3,000 people complete the survey, three quarters of those are people that don't use it. Um, It's much easier to get people to go out and vote against something, than it is to go out and get them to vote for something. It has had a negative effect on people walking, that's within the data, people are actually using a scooter rather than walking, that's a problem. I think if we're trying to get people out, breathing good fresh air, um, we need to really deal with that. The biggest issue with this trial that I find is We have gone through the trial without making real any amendments, any real significant changes what we've done is we've added more docking stations, we've added more scooters without looking at the problems being raised in each wave. So wave two's had problems, wave three's had problems and wave four's had problems. We haven't actually changed anything. Uh, Uh, Councillor Bosher.
1: If there are children that clearly don't have driving licences riding these scooters, then that is a criminal offence that's no different to me giving my driving license to councillor sanders and say off you go go and drive a car with my driving license the motion had it come forward and suggested let's send this to the text committee to look at properly which councillor simpson i just wrap up lord mayor which councillor simpson could well have done because he's a member of that committee so he could have asked it then I think that would have been a better route to have gone had the motion said that.
2: I now call on Councillor Sanders. Uh,
1: and personally, I think if,
2: if Councillor Madger and Councillor Simpson had either done as Councillor Bosher suggested or replaced the word terminate with review, um, this frankly would be over in two minutes uh, because I think we would all probably vote for it because we all want to see improvement on our streets. People will believe that this will guarantee to get rid of all e-scooters, all e-scooters, overnight now if anyone can guarantee me that in this chamber please yell now but no one can and that's the problem
8: we now come to councillor steve pitt i just wanted to point something out and that is that it's not correct to say that the police have not enforced on illegal e-scooters in portsmouth Uh, they did actually do it once on the 18th of March this year as part of a three-day operation that was run between Southampton, the Isle of Wight and Portsmouth. Well, they did speak to 14 riders that day. Um, Now, we've already heard, of course, that if you're caught on a Voi e-scooter, uh, inappropriately not riding it in an appropriate manner riding it where you shouldn't be having a pillion on board uh, not with the correct insurance then you get an immediate seven-day ban and then as Councillor Stagg recorded for us earlier there are penalties that escalate from there to a complete ban never able to use them again so isn't it really interesting that when the police did this one day of activity around this particular issue they didn't actually ban anybody they didn't seize a single e-scooter and they didn't issue any fines. And I agree with Councillor Bosher. It's, cr- it's criminal activity here to be buying an unauthorised motor vehicle that is not within the existing youth class and to be riding it on a public highway. That's what you said, Councillor Bosher, and I agree with you. So if that is the case, are, are we to assume that if the police want uh, you know, suddenly catch people doing other illegal things, they also give them a letter, or would we expect the law to be properly applied? Let's encourage the government to shorten this trial period and get some proper legislation on the books, which will keep everyone in this chamber happy, but let's also make sure that the police are not just issuing warning letters when people are indulging in criminal activity.
2: Um, I now call upon proposer Councillor George, Madam to sum up, and then a vote will be taken. Uh, a couple of councillors stated that um, if there was um, an amendment or a change of words, and they'd have probably voted it through. You know, if a single word from terminate was changed to review, it would have passed. Well, why has no party or member here put an amendment through? Seems a bit strange. Um, I've also heard a lot of councillors talk about how dangerous the scooters are, and referencing voy in relation to that. I mean, our own leader stated that I think e-scooters are dangerous to the people of Portsmouth, but then sits there and says he's going to oppose it. I'm just a bit confused. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to get my head around how councillors can stand here and say we know they're unsafe um, but, but we're going to oppose this motion our job is to send that message and we're not we failed at that clearly and and we're essentially encouraging in my opinion illegal scooters to be driven by approving legal scooters to be driven if you understand what I mean Councillor Stagg, um, obviously you, you've stated a few points. Um, one of the things that really confused me, and I noticed a few members, Councillor Gosling, one of them looked at me in complete shock when you said that you don't, aren't aware of anyone being knocked down by a voice scooter. One of your own officers got knocked down two weeks ago. Um, why do you not know this? They're injured, they've got a cast around their, their wrist. I'm not sure how you don't know this. Equally, your own report on Section 5.15 states that there have been 200 injuries and accidents reported to Voy, which um, in the report, your own report quotes... Um, that, that there has been serious injuries, including hospitalisations. Councillor Sanders. My reading of the standing orders and the, the constitutional approach is that that would have negated the motion.
0: Ooh, I think I've lost um, um, the stream net, but um, what
1: Councillor think that's Yeah, that's where
0: So what Councillor right. Sanders was explaining was the reason why um no one put any an amendment in is because quite sensibly there's a standing order so these are a lot of the the rules of operation if you like of, of council meetings so the standing orders say that you can't put an amendment to a motion that negates the purpose of the motion if you're if you're you know if for example you know if the if the motion was um we want it to we want the council to write a letter to the government to tell them to stop it raining you can't then put an amendment that says we don't want the council to write to the government to stop it, to tell them to stop it raining, because that's that's kind of taking away the the point of the motion. And the fact that the the um, original motion doesn't say review, doesn't say let's have another look at this, let's let's um, let's go through the data again, let's kind of see what's happening, let's learn from what we've seen so far in the trial. It just says I want it to stop
1: yes and and again i think there is an element of you know i thought councillor stag spoke very eloquently about the you know the 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 fact that you know that there are these two camps um those that don't like and those that do um there's a sort of generational gap there and i think you know this this probably speaks to the wider um you know it speaks to the wider conversation around the fact that that transport is going to have to change and, you know, there, there is a, that you know, people who use even their own private transport, I think it's 2035 might even be 2030 um, where there will be no more petrol or diesel cars sold. Um, so, you know, I think there is this period of adjustment and it's, it's almost, there's a little bit with the electric scooters that, that, almost standing against them feels like kind of a little bit kind of hoping the tide won't come in
0: I I just I just can't help it but kind of think that it's almost like if you kind of can't I mean neither of us were around but if you think of the turn of the last century when the motor car was was invented and, and becoming prevalent the legislation that we have about uh, construction um, of roads, construction of motor vehicles, the training and certification that you need to have and the insurance executive that you need to have in order to own and drive a motor car on, on the public road didn't exist. Yep. And, he, and yeah. I mean in fact in the very beginning people had to walk someone had to walk like five paces in front with a red flag to warn people that there was a there was a motor car coming, which obviously is absolutely ridiculous and, and it isn't something we'd we'd replicate now. But it just goes to show that legislation very often, and you see this in legislation to do with um issues regarding internet safety, for example, or about consumer protection, legislation moves at a much much slower pace than the pace than the than the pace of invention um hmm. and actually some societal change that takes place because of technological um advancements um, that mean um that there aren't necessarily at the at the outset protections um in place so it yeah it it, it it's a it's a shame because i think that there's definitely a conversation to be had about how can we make them safe or safer for everybody that's not just the people that use them but the people that share public spaces uh with them um but i don't think this this one kind of does that this one tries to kind of and also i think that, that the point that that, that councillor stag made about you know old, older people don't really use them so therefore they're against them it's not because they're older it's because they're not they're not in the the probably the youth dem, you know the youth demographic demographic of, of people that would be likely to use them, and that just happens to be separated roughly by age. But the for and against isn't because of the age per se. It's because it's the people that use them, so therefore see the benefit of them versus the people that don't because they only see them as a nuisance, as something that creeps up behind them, in the same way that they're probably actually quite unhappy with people that are cycling along without a bell and letting them know that they're bombing past them. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing. That can be quite frightening if someone comes up behind them. I mean, it's not something I need to tell you about. Um, so um, so I, I just kind of think of, look, regardless of what everybody, anybody thinks, that the, this genie isn't going back in this bottle.
1: No, and I think the other factor that we need to consider is, you know, that, that age demographic. You know, as as somebody whose whose son was eldest son was desperate to drive, um, um, you know, even driving a small modest car. You know, his first car was was the insurance was over two thousand. You know, was over two thousand pounds. Well, that is a significant sum of money for a younger person to find. You know, just to 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 put the car on the road, and so I think you know again as we're we're looking at this from that point of view of, you know, when you start looking at the job demographics, you start looking at things such as you know, well, okay, you know, how do you get to work in the morning? You know, if you've got an early start or a late finish, um, you know, you, you you you've got to find a way to get to and from work under your own steam because. You know, owning a car is becoming particularly expensive, You know, is particularly expensive. Um, So yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think I, I think there was a really good point made, I think, by Steve Pitt there, who you know, when he said, look, you know, we we need to bring, we, we kind of know what we know now. Let's move forward with, you know, regulating these, and and you know, private ownership is gonna is gonna become a thing, isn't it? So the sooner we move that into existence, and that coupled with the same levels of enforcement we'd expect from the police to people who ride motorcycles or drive cars irresponsibly, um, that feels much more like the solution than us taking a slightly, forgive me, George, a slightly Luddite approach and um, smashing the spinning jenny. Well, we'll see how, how that, because,
0: yeah, you're right. It, that that to me that seems like the the more logical kind of way forward, and it and it is as many as many of the councillors said. It's it is almost a shame that the motion directs its ire at the voice scooters rather than
1: the sector in general. Um, yeah, because I know. I get the impression if the motion would have been, this council calls upon the police mm-hmm. to take a zero tolerance approach to unlicensed and illegal e-scooters you know because they are you know they're, they're having an adverse effect on the safety of the people of portsmouth and are coloring the perceptions of the legal and valid voice game i get the impression that one would have would have thundered it, through yeah i think it would have would
0: have sailed through um i mean this one as it as it was the motion was lost um there were five votes for 26 against and six abstentions so interesting um, so,
1: so yeah so i mean i'm guessing the three against were our friends our friends from the pip so it looks like not everybody followed party lines on this one and um
0: no so the yes yeah, so the 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 um I, I don't think there was a recorded vote actually on it so um but yeah you, you can imagine it kind of going that way but it it's it's one to it's one to discuss and it's and it's there's a there's there was a conversation to have but considering that and considering unfortunately that the limitations of of the wording of the amendment it was still an hour 15 debate about actually how how to manage this transition to a, to ve- a vehicle type that our laws and our roads are not prepared for um and mm. there that wa-
1: that was the debate so there we go and and so the the pips didn't uh, didn't win out on that one. They they had another one in play, did they not? In terms of we touched last week on the the roads of Paulsgrove.
7: Yes. And, so uh,
1: and the fact that they um perhaps weren't getting quite the attention that um that uh, George very rightly felt they deserved.
0: Yeah, so um, with regards to that one, it's, it mentions specifically some roads in Pools Grove that um, that are actually of a concrete construction and have a, a tarmac topping that's deteriorated over time and therefore become kind of quite uh, quite broken and uneven and therefore difficult to uh, drive on uh, and a concern to to residents. Um, so so there's a point there, but it I mean um, the motion that talks about. Um, uh talks about basically the roads of Paul's Grove not really getting uh, getting the same look in as as other roads in the city and that residents there are unhappy seeing uh, seeing near constant road improvements in, in the south of the city when they don't seem to see uh kind of something something similar in their neck of the woods. Um Councillor Stagg, who's the cabinet member for traffic and transportation, uh talked through some responses to explain that um, that uh, all of the roads in the city are on like a four-year cycle of them being inspected by the contractor COLAS. Um, and essentially, um, the official definition, by the way, of a pothole is something that's um, as deep, sorry, deep, deeper than 40 millimetres. Um, but their COLAS's standards mean that they will treat with patching something that's at least 20 meter, twenty millimetres uh, deep. Um, and that councillors can be given that schedule. They don't get it at the moment. They do get advance notice of particular maintenance in the ward. So there was quite a conversation and to and fro about, well, yeah, actually, wouldn't it be a good idea? This is um, what several different councillors were saying. Well, wouldn't it be a good idea if we knew when the, the roads are being inspected? Because mm. then we can meet the officers and discuss particular issues, or we can, you know, we can meet the representatives from COLA's and discuss those issues. So... Um so yeah, I mean Councillor Heaney again will um you'll be pleased to know um made um a sensible intervention on this one saying that um concentrating on what the motion actually asks for, um, which is basically councillors don't get information about when the surveys are being done and how they're being done, what the process is, um, and that would be helpful to have um, because more transparency and clarity about that process uh, would be helpful. He did mention that he's he's had, um, he he's, he feels it's a positive step by the assurances that, that Councillor Stagg gave, so and, and then several other councillors kind of chipped in um, uh, Councillor Atkins chipped in about saying about roads elsewhere in the nor- north of the city um, and then Councillor um, Pitt um, referred to um, other roads um, in the south of the city that are similarly affected but the issue with uh, Chedworth Crescent um, is again, it's this concrete construction um, but he spoke to there being um, 84 roads of a similar construction within the city um, totalling, a to- totalling 24.6 kilometres um, and although it might not be desired by the residents um, the concrete construction road is structurally safe um but years ago someone made a decision at the behest of the residents they would put a tarmac topping over them so that there was a black surface to the concrete roads concrete roads obviously are are also i think a bit noisier than than tarmac Mm. roads so that may well have been what's driven what drove resident um decisions or requests at that point rather than just it looks prettier if it if it's if um you know if it's if it's covered in tarmac um but it's not as simple as just scraping, you know, you, if you scrape that tarmac off, you've got to then treat any cracks within the concrete. You've got to deal with the where the concrete road meets the rest of the road networks. You've got to deal with kind of levelling that so that that, um, that works. Um, and his calculations were that to do that across the 84 roads in the city would cost about £4 million. Um, and then there are better things to f- spend public money on than... Basically scraping back a load of roads um, that are like that, and in the meantime, the um, the, the colas contract is obviously up for, review, up for review in about seven years' time. So, and rewrite asking the cabinet to rewrite the contract on the fly. Um, that people should be very very careful about the worms that they're opening. So, yeah, there was there was quite a conversation mm. there about how sensible the contract was um about how you know um about in hind- i guess in hindsight it's very easy to kind of pick that apart but there was a bit of exchange about that not being done very well some to be honest some some quite heavy a- accusations about that um uh, about that being um not very well intended um and um and the lord mayor in the end actually asked that um that particular part of the of the conversation was struck from the record because the officers concerns that were being accused although they weren't named in the chamber could be identified and therefore that needed to uh, to be withdrawn but but overall again it's it's not as simple as we just need to do something with this road it's a particular construction type from a historic and from a historic decision that means that um, that's what's causing the issue so uh, again more in depth than probably the road surface (laughs)
1: Yeah, but I think I think it kind of, and again, the whole Colas, there's a, there's a whole show in that in itself, isn't there? Oh, yeah. But I think there is there is an element, and I think you touched on it at the start. It's the transparency thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, again, you 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 know, you said that you know, well, they can patch if it's if it's you know, if it's only two centimeters deep rather than the, the four. Well, you know, from what George discussed with us last week, um, you know, I guess the 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 question that that I would be asking if I was George, well, you know, from from what was described last week, you know, th- this looks like the surface of the moon in terms of craters, um, you know, a- and it hasn't been, you know, if it's meant to be inspected every four years, when was it last inspected, or when is it going to be inspected next? Yeah. Because, you, you know, you you know you, you can you can see there are. You know, there are holes and craters everywhere. Um, and I think, you know, from that perspective, as you say, you know, I think most residents are are reasonable enough to know that, you know, you're going to have to quote unquote wait your turn. I guess if you can't tell them when their turn is, you know, that that I think yeah. is, is when when people start to feel Would abandoned. It... And I think there is very much a, there is a perception that um, the north of the city perhaps doesn't fare quite as well as the south in in these matters. Now, that's an allegedly moment, but um, but uh, so how did that one end up in the end? Did uh, so did the
0: pips win that one? Well, it, it kind of it kind of went backwards and forwards for a bit before um, Councillor Corkery pleaded for an outbreak of sense and moved the motion, moved a motion that it went basically to a vote. So. The Lord Mayor called for a vote of the people that hadn't spoken yet to agree whether or not they they moved to a vote, and they did move to a vote. Um, and the and the motion. Um, um, so the, there was also an amendment from the Conservative Party, which spoke more broadly about wards in the north of the city rather than particularly just Paulsgrove. Um, and that motion, that amendment, was subsumed. So the motion over the subsumed motion uh, passed uh, with twenty three. Uh, votes in favour, um, with no one against, and with sixteen abstentions. If you can guess.
1: Oh, I, I think I can work that out. You know, oh. using using my skill and cunning. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the so the Lib Dems voted uh, voted well, abstained from the from the vote, um, and the Labour, Conservative, and Pip uh, councillors all voted um, in favour of the motion.
1: Well, not, uh, hopefully an outcome for the the good people at the north of the city who are bumping through holes and um and uh you know trying to to go about their business on their legally ridden voices
0: um yeah that <laughs> there is there is that uh um uh, too the um and again it's a it was a um it was a sparse full council. There were only three motions um, this this time. Uh, so the third motion um, was from uh, Ryan Brent, which was uh, basically um, calling for um, for a response from the uh, council in March um, with regards to the investment um, in an anaerobic digester, which was something included in the um, as a line item in the budget. At last year, and the, the purpose of that was to be able to process the food waste that's collected mm. across the city. Um, something Councillor Vernon Jackson was very proud that Portsmouth is one of only two councils in Hampshire that, um, that collect food waste. Um, but Ryan Brent's figures um, said that basically we send two lorries a day 50 miles each way um to bournemouth um for that food that collected food to be anaerobically digested which means it's it's turned into produce um basically it it produces fertilizer and methane um which is then fed into the national grid uh, gas network so it it means that although that's a burning obviously of a a gas it's it's not directly been uh, created as a as a result of mining fossil fuels or or mining gas out of the out of the ground so in that respect um that's why that's a um a better thing so yeah so so that one again bit um a bit of a kind of to and fro with with the conversation um but essentially Gerald Vernon jackson leader of the council saying um yeah but it's something that we need to come back to the council on um Simon Bocher remarking that it's been kicked around for two years um, maybe things would be mo- have moved on a little bit better if Councillor Pitt hadn't had a year's sabbatical it wasn't exactly something that Councillor Pitt chose to have um, <laughs> so um, and he drew the parallel with the Tipner West scheme in the there's this thing happening that unless there's any, uh, unless there's openness and engagement and discussion at the outset, then suspicion can set in, um, and residents and other councillors can be untrusting of of what the you know what the actual plans are and what the council's um, desire and motivation is. So trying to keep these things confidential um, and 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 um and fed back in a, in a timely way um can cause issues with with the trust um and he, he did he did fairly say that cities under all uh, sorry administrations under all colors have been poor on consult consultation um and engagement um so uh, again i think there was a broad agreement that yes we will be coming back to the council uh gerald vernon jackson kept returning to the point that This is something that's going to come to full council anyway um, because it's a decision for them to have Um, and although the particulars of the plan um, may well be commercially sensitive it's probably better to discuss that in a confidential briefing to the group leaders than uh, perhaps necessarily kind of like an open uh, council meeting Um, but either way again it kind of just speaks to the let us know what's going on let us feel that Mm. we're included and then maybe things won't be so hard
1: yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, again, if you look at anything waste disposal related and this I, I, I call this now, which is that everyone thinks it's a good idea until you decide where to build it. Yes. And then a lot of people will decide that it really wasn't a good idea um, and it should be built somewhere else. So I think uh, I think that that's the uh, that's the next episode still to come isn't it yeah they and i think i mean i can sense
0: from the differing parties an element of preemptive leaflet writing for the campaign for the may's local mm-hmm. elections and and perhaps setting a timescale for something to report in march just as the campaign kicks off um there's a bit of me and and call me you know a a a, a cynical politico but that that's kind of the the bit of me that kind of thinks that, well this is what the parties are starting to to line themselves up to do to be able to accuse each other of not listening of not engaging of not being competent with with money of you know stopping money being spent on essential things and all of those sorts of usual things that people will see and contribute to their recycling with in leaflets in may
1: absolutely and speaking of uh, th- speaking of things financial looking ahead to next week obviously spreadsheet phil is uh is going to um unveil the autumn statement I think on Wednesday and uh, we are hoping to put together a panel of good and learned folk of all colours next Sunday to uh, in advance call what they're hoping for from the autumn statement and then once spreadsheet fillers run the numbers we will uh, give that the full dissection next weekend. Uh,
0: Yes I guess depending on your perspective will it be the awful statement or the awesome statement
1: yeah there'll be a macro or two in there that there,
0: there will be, be sure. but as, as someone once said it's the economy stupid
1: exactly you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast i've been ian tiny morris and i've been simon sansbury and don't forget to like
0: subscribe follow visit our website all of those usual things um and uh, say hi to
1: ian's cat and my cat has been enid Blyton. Yeah, there we go a learned friend <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics podcast.
7: Getting Pompey Politics podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, stop. See?
0: It's easy.